Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. My name is Jacques Pepin, and my little book is my grandfather's lesson in the kitchen with Shory. Shory, of course, is my granddaughter. It is indeed an honor to have you on my podcast for a second time. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So this cookbook concept is different from most of your other cookbooks. How did the idea come about? Well, it is different. Well, it is different. But uh, usually, I mean, I have like 30 cookbooks, and very often it's because I do a specific show and with a specific theme, you know. So I try to put whatever I know in the, in the world of cooking into, uh, like I had a, a column in the New York Times for 10 years in the 80s, which was cuisine economic, you know, how to cook for 10 people for a minimum amount of money. Then I did a book for the Cleveland Clinic on cardiac patients. So all of those are really very kind of specialized and uh, uh, where I kind of, as I say, put my, my knowledge into a specific area of food. But there, I wanted, in a sense, to do something similar, but uh, with my granddaughter, so I didn't want it to be too completely, too too difficult, certainly. I mean, technically, uh, she doesn't, uh, you know, I'm not going to make a bone out of chicken or uh, doing a, something complicated and so forth. I wanted to, uh, I mean, from age like six, she's been cooking occasionally with me. She's been appearing on my show, so she kind of, uh, you know, she kind of find comfortable, and uh, it is a, a kind of mean of communication for me, because uh, if you have to speak with a, a child of 12 years old or 15 years old, uh, you know, the language sometimes at my age, <laughs> it's a different type of language. We're interested in very different things, you know. But at least in cooking, then there is a um, a subject there that we can come together and discuss, and it uh, that must be the reason why I wanted to do that, you know, to get closer to her and make her feel comfortable with me and me with her, and uh, and also give her a little bit of a, of a legacy, you know. I mean, what she would uh, hopefully remember, because I mean, most of those uh, recipes that she's done, she like them, sometimes she loves them, so uh, I thought it was a good idea. Speaking of age, does Shori and her interest in cooking remind you of yourself at that age? Not really, because uh, for her, she has more of a choice. I mean, her life is uh, much larger than, than I have. I mean, she has television, she has her iPhone, she has so many things going on, and in school and gymnastics and so forth. For me, I was in that world. Uh, when I was six years old, there was no other world. I didn't know any other world. My mother had a little restaurant, so I worked there with my brother. So it was quite a... We had kind of blinders on our eyes, and I didn't even know there was another world you know, somewhere else. And for us, it was something which was necessary, I mean, to, to come and help. And, uh, you know, it was a place to come back after school because there was no other place to go anyway. And uh, so the kitchen was a, a place where you felt uh, home and comfortable. So it's different. How did you choose these diverse recipes? Like you have curly dogs, and then you also have lemon sole with butter and lemon. Yeah, those are, some are, are more fun if you want than others. I pick up the curly dog because... 
When I was at Howard Johnson for 10 years during 1960-1970, I was director of research, and, and we used to produce, like, I don't know, several tons of uh, hot dog a day in the main commissary in Queens Village in New York. So I would uh, fool around with those, put hot dog in the black bean soup or in the lentil soup and uh, do a, a stew with the sauerkraut and hot dog, uh, do uh, another kind of uh, uh, saute with, uh, with potato and carrot and hot dog. And somehow, uh, cutting the hot dog, I come to, uh, to cut it a certain way, and uh, when it uh, was in the skillet, then they start curling up. So... Uh, I'm, so, you know, that's an example of the, that type of book. I wanted to do some, some recipe like that, just fun to do and for her and uh, good to eat, but uh, the, the, the level of fun was more important, maybe. And other, like uh, the, the, the lemon sole, as an example, would be how to shore out to cook a fish, really a minimal amount of time, and, and do it in the simplest way, just with some butter and uh, some uh, some um, lemon juice on top, you know. And uh, I think she appreciated that. Uh. What's your advice for developing a child's palate? Well, she has to be involved, you know, in the kitchen. Like Claudine, when she was small, I mean, I could hold her in my arms. She was maybe a year and a half, two years, whatever. And she would stir the pot. I said, okay, you mix it. So she would have the spoon stir it, so she, quote, made it. So she was going to taste it at least because she made it with her dad, you know. So, yeah, that type of thing, and certainly, as I say, the kitchen is a comfortable place for me, for a child coming back from school to do your own work. And in that kitchen, there is the smell of that kitchen. There is the noise of uh, the instrument, you know, the equipment. There is uh, the voice of your mother, your father. And uh, this will kind of stay with you the rest of your life. So you have to get the kid involved this way. Talk a little bit about the value of family eating together and food memories. Yes, certainly. uh, The cooking part of it is important, but the more important part of it is the sitting down together and eating. I mean, in a sense, uh, you know, that that part of it, uh, sharing the food together is kind of a, the glue for us who, who keep the family together to a certain extent. You know, when Claudine was small, we always had dinner uh, together. I mean, we still do, but uh, so spending 45 minutes to an hour at night having dinner together uh, was, a, you know, was a habit that we had and uh, it never changed. And that's what she does with her, with her, uh, with Shari as well. And uh, not necessarily pleasant sometimes, you know, when you have to recap what happened during the day and in school and all that. But unless you do that, you know, uh, to a certain extent, you never had any communication with the kid. You know, you may seem to have communication. The kid comes in. I see in family, they grab something to eat. The mother grabs something to eat in her corner. They look at their telephone, the father goes uh, his way, eating somewhere else or in the living room too. They think they are close together, but they are not. They never speak together. So at least at that table was, uh, as I said, the place where every day we spend an hour together at least. I read in an old interview with Claudine that she doesn't mind if Shori leaves two bites on the plate and leaving any food on the plate makes you crazy. What's yes, the rule in your house? 
It does, you know. So, I mean, I cannot, but, you know, I'm very uh, miserly cook, and probably because of my mother and being raised in France during the Second World War and so forth. So I hate uh, with... Uh, with passion, you know, to, to waste food in any way. And I used to have arguments with my wife this way. Uh, so, yes, I would never throw a piece of bread. So, you know, hundreds of times I don't understand Claudine's philosophy there. I say, you know, give her half a portion, but let her eat what's on the plate. No, no, she like it this way. So, you know, her child, she does it the way you want, but I still don't agree with it. <laughs> Conformity. A word that most chefs live by, like your day spent at Le Pavillon. Do you encourage Shori to think outside the box, or should she follow the exact recipes? Uh, when I was uh, working in Paris and all that, as you say, or, or in New York at the Pavillon when I came here, uh, yes, you would work in that place because it was an extraordinary place and you wanted to learn uh, the habit of the house. So it wasn't you going there to change the thing. It was you going there to learn, so you conform too. And there was much less pressure for the chef to conform. You know, there was not. But now, uh, in our new world of chef, no, no, they want to create stuff. They want to show, make sure they know that I signed that uh, that uh, dish. That they know that I'm the one who made it and all that. So it's a different type of thing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, creativity is. Uh, is uh, is good without any question in the kitchen, but creativity by itself is not enough. You know, it has to be to be backed by some uh, basic knowledge. You know, by a certain structure. So when you know how to do things, you know, and repeat and repeat and know them how to do properly, that's when you start, uh, you know, creating some stuff out of it, but not at the beginning. Uh, however, that being said, you know, uh, once you're in the kitchen. Yes, of course. I say, why don't you present it this way or do this or that? And I say, what do you have an idea about? Uh, And she has an idea about either presenting it or cooking it a little longer or not as long or whatever, and it's fine. You know, but it is not really creating by putting esoteric ingredients that no one one has ever seen to combine them together. It's more a creativity in depth, you know, where you have one dish and you do it better and better and better, you know, deeper and deeper. And that's a different type of creativity. I heard Anthony Bourdain say one time that if his daughter came to him and said she wanted to be a chef, at first he'd be horrified and then proud. Would you want Shori to be a chef when she grows up? Well, you know, the success of life is complicated and it's uh, easy in a sense. You know, if you can make a living out of something you love to do, then as the saying goes, you never have to go to work, you know. So regardless, I doubt that she will be a chef, but if it's what makes her happy and uh, she loves to do it, absolutely, yes, why not? Fill us in on your partnership with Sir Latab. You know, I have never endorsed any product uh, in my life. And there, uh, one time I went there, at was in Seattle, I think, in their main office, I went there to do a book signing too, and everyone had an apron with one of my chicken on it. So they took one of the drawing of my chicken and did that apron. I think it was fun. And they said, would you be interested in doing... Uh... So I drawn, I painted many chickens. So they had a whole bunch, and they started doing things in Italy as well as in France, I believe, and uh, from plate to platter to, to uh, apron and 
and kitchen meat and towel and all kind of stuff. And they have a, a beautiful collection. I think they did a great, uh, a great job. So we end up doing a little book with them on the chicken and vegetable. Uh, and then uh, that kind of mushroom, I had that other project in, uh, in my mind. I wanted to do some show. Uh, some little television show with uh, with Shari to show her how to do it. I didn't even want to do a book. And then Rox Martin from uh, Houghton & Mifflin with my, my editor there, she said, what do you mean you're going to do a thing with your granddaughter? You don't want to do a book with it? I said, well, I didn't think so, but she said, no, no, I want the book. So we did the book and we actually uh, taped 36 or 38 show. Uh, out of the like 70 recipes that we have in that book, 70 already. And those were uh, sponsored by, by Sur La Table. We shot them in the, in the back house here at, the, at my house in Connecticut. So uh, when you have the book, uh, which is coming out next week, then uh, a certain recipe, it will, it will say, if you want to know how it's done, go to Sur La Table, it give you a link. And there is those shows that are available for people like this. So it was fun. Last Monday evening, uh, my 11-year-old little boy and I made your recipes for Chicken Supreme in Persiade on page 87 and Bowtie Pasta in Garden Vegetable Sauce on page 110. Oh, well, I hope you were happy with it. Yeah. So um, the chicken, just can you describe your technique for sautéing chicken breast uh, for this recipe, because my chicken didn't seem to brown as well as I wanted it to. Well, in a chicken like that, you don't really want to brown it much to start with. See, that's a totally different if you do chicken <clears throat> with or without the skin. Uh, I have another recipe uh, somewhere in that book of chicken, and uh, where I do the, the the leg of chicken, I mean the thigh of chicken, so I put them with the skin on, skin side down in a non-stick pan, and I cook them for 25, 30 minutes, skin side down, without turning the chicken, just with a lid on top, so there is steam created, so the top cooked, and the skin become very crispy, and uh, and that's how that recipe works, but in a case where you remove the skin, like in that recipe, uh, then you don't really want to brown that uh, that flesh that much because it toughens the top and doesn't really achieve anything. So a light browning like I have there is perfectly fine. It should leave the the breast pretty moist and nice uh, and enjoyable to eat. You know. Yes, it was really really moist, and that's one of my problems with chicken breast is it comes out dry sometimes. But this was so moist. Yes, because I didn't cook it too long, and as I say, even. I didn't cook it to brown it hard and create a crust on top. I don't do that unless I have the skin. I would love to hear how you had the bow tie pasta dish um, in the 70s at Craig Claiborne's house. Was that the first time you'd ever had that type of pasta dish? Yes, absolutely. That pasta dish was created by Ed Giobi. Ed Giobi is... uh, He's a professional painter. He's in his 90s now, still living. And uh, but he also is an author of cookbook. He's done three, four, five cookbooks. And he's a good friend of mine. And we were at Craig together, and uh, that's how we started illustrating menus and so forth. And uh, one time, uh, Ed was there, and he said, "Oh, I remember a, a recipe my grandmother 
used to do when the spring was coming, you know. Uh, so, pasta uh, la primavera, that is uh, the first vegetable of the spring. And basically, it was kind of a tomato salad. There wasn't that many vegetables in it, tomato, some onion too, uh, that he warm up a little bit and mix it with the pasta. So that was the idea that we started doing it. And of course, now we put much more vegetable in it, but uh, uh, we still enjoy it. I mean, uh, I, it's something that we do several times during the summer, you know, depending what's in the garden, like now. You know. In August, the cookbook and literary world lost a legendary editor, Judith Jones. Would you like to share a brief memory of Judith? Well, I work with Judith in the, in the art of cooking, which is probably my... Uh, Opus Magnum, you know, so uh, the best book that I've did, maybe one of the ones who sold the list also, but uh, uh, it took me five years and I did 34,000 pictures, and there is two volumes uh, with about 1,500 pictures each of those that I did in the mid 80s. So I work with uh, Judith on that, uh, and that was, that was uh, certainly that was fun. And then I did uh, a book called Jacques Pepin Celebrate, again, she was involved. And certainly the book with Julia. And when we were taping the show with uh, with Julia Child in her house in Cambridge, then uh, Judith was there with her little dog. Uh, I forget his name there. Uh, she she stayed there during the all of the taping and all that to uh, to see what was going on and to advise us and to to work with us. So yeah, I did work with her quite a lot. As Shori's dad once said, no one will ever be like you again. No one will have the force that you had on the world of culinary arts. You are truly one in a million, a master. Thank you so much for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. My God, what a statement. Do you want to chat about Cookery by the Book shows, cookbooks, recipes, and authors? Or post a photo of what you've made out of a Cookery by the Book cookbook? Well, now you can. Join the Cookery by the Book community on Facebook. Search for Cookery by the Book or send me an email at suzy at cookerybythebook.com and I will add you to our cookbook community. You can also leave me a review on iTunes, say hi on Twitter. My handle is I am Susie Chase. And connect on Instagram at Cookery by the Book. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book podcast.